Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Illegal Pete's. I'm Henry Chisholm. Uh, it's Wednesday, which means tomorrow is Thursday, which is when the Buffs play another basketball game, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, they're taking on UCLA. We're going to dig into that. I just watched the uh, UCLA-Oregon game. Honestly, didn't learn much. Oregon is a much better team than UCLA, and I think Colorado is a lot closer to Oregon than UCLA. But we'll get into some more specifics uh, later on. Um, let's see. Let's get a couple of announcements out of the way early so that we can just talk about the bus the rest of the way. Uh, tonight at 6.30, Wednesday night, that is, uh, we're, ha- we're hosting the DNVR Awards, giving out awards for best calls, best teams, best dress, all, all sorts of different stuff. Um, you can catch that live on Twitter from the DNVR account, and it should be a good time. We're all going to be hanging out there talking about a bunch of different stuff. Um, the buffs are underrepresented, and I'm going to make a big stink about that. So if you get angry at the media for not including the buffs, let me voice that anger tonight for you. Um, what else is going on? Tomorrow is Thursday. Um, in case you haven't heard, uh, this is a pretty new thing that just happened, but Breckenridge Brewery partnered with the Denver Nuggets to create the Mile High City Beer, which I haven't tried yet, but everybody who I work with pretty much has, and they all say it's incredible. I'm going to have a few of those tonight. Um, and tomorrow, on Thursday, that beer is being released at grocery stores and liquor stores and all the other places where you can buy beer. Um, 
And also, if you want to try it, you can come hang out with all of us at Stoney's Uptown at 530 uh, before the Nuggets game. I know some of us are going to the Nuggets game after. Some of us are just hanging out for the entire game. I think mostly we're all just going to be hanging out at Stoney's and celebrate the new Nuggets Breckenridge beer. Uh, and we're, we'll be doing giveaways and all that kind of stuff, as always. Should be a good time. Um, those are the two events that we have coming up. Uh, before we get into this UCLA game, and I have some thoughts on that, I do want to tell you just a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, Illegal Pete's. Um, here's what you need to know. It is Denver's home for the best burritos, tacos, nachos, and so much more. They're offering the DNVR family an incredible deal. If you're heading to any game or any event, just stop by Illegal Pete's before or after you go on the same day of your event, and then you just show them your ticket. They'll give you a free draft beer or a free margarita with the purchase of a full-sized entree. Uh, Illegal Pete's has nine locations in Colorado, six in Denver, two in Boulder, and one in Fort Collins. So make sure that you swing by for delicious grub before or after any game or any event and grab your free beer or a margarita with the purchase of a full-sized entree. Now let's jump into the show. Okay, Uh, UCLA. To be honest, you know, I've caught bits and pieces of games. I wanted to do some real research, turned on this... uh, Oregon UCLA game um there's like a couple minutes left and basically what happened is Oregon is just far too good to play against UCLA especially at Oregon um that's that's kind of my big takeaway here is that offensively defensively whatever there just isn't much for uh UCLA fans to cheer about in this one um pretty dominant end-to-end win um and here, here's kind of why. Here's what Oregon did that really worked. Uh, they they defended well. They guarded well. Um, I think as of like 10 minutes left in this game, the commentators were saying that UCLA already had 20 turnovers. Uh, that's that's what you can force a young team to do. And UCLA is a young team. That uh, you you want to see Colorado jump on these guys early, force some turnovers get some opportunities in transition, and that's really how you get out ahead of this UCLA team and uh, build a lead, you know, just kind of get in front, box them out, run away with it. Um, That's what Colorado really needs to be trying to do against UCLA. This isn't a game that should... This isn't a game that should be all that close. And again, when you're on the road, there's all the weird stuff going on with Kobe. Um, turns out Mick Cronin actually coached Kobe in high school, uh, UCLA's head coach. So I, I hadn't realized that until watching this broadcast, but uh, I don't know. There's, there's still all that weird stuff hanging over it, but on paper, Colorado is very much the better team and it's just going to come down to executing. Um, can they limit turnovers can they box out and if if they do those two things and they're going to be just fine even if they have a really bad shooting night a really bad shooting night when you're not turning the ball over and you're not giving up second chance opportunities probably means that you're in this game right to the end um if you have a decent shooting night if if you just make you know 38 percent of your shots 40 percent of your shots uh, I think that's probably enough as long as you don't make mistakes in other facets of the game to 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 win this one. Um, 
again, you don't want to overlook them. And Tad has been very clear about how he doesn't want to overlook this team. Um, they have a couple guys who can play. You know, they have they have a couple big guys. This is I was kind of surprised by how big this lineup actually is. Uh, they definitely aren't massive by any means, but you know, I've I've always felt like they play more like a small ball type team. But you look through the heights. Um, against against Oregon, for example, I think the heights for, of their starters were 5'11", 6'4", 6'6", 6'9", 6'10". So, I mean, 6'4", at the 2, 6'6", at the 3, 6'9", at the 4, 6'10", at the 5. That, that's, that's some decent length. Um, Tad says he doesn't really anticipate seeing much of Dallas Walton in this game. That's one of the points where... I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of disappointed to hear that. Um, and, and maybe that's me coming at this from an outsider's perspective. You know, I'm not in practice. I'm not just thinking who is the best, you know, all that kind of stuff. What I know is I've really enjoyed watching Dallas Walton play the last couple of games. I've been really impressed by him. I want to see him build on top of that. And, you know, when when he, you can give him just a tiny bit of an advantage, going seven foot on six foot ten, I would like to see how he handles that matchup. And who knows? Maybe maybe the way this game plays out, if if Colorado is able to build a lead, he will get some minutes late. Um, and we'll, we'll get to see a glimpse of what he can do, likely against UCLA's bench. But uh, I would really like to see him get in, get some time. Um, because, you know, Washington is a challenging game. And we talked a lot and we all are on the same page that sure they aren't winning a lot of games, but they are a good basketball team. They should be winning more games. Um, and it's good to see what Dallas can do against teams like Washington or a, a team like, you know, Oregon or a really good basketball teams. But at the same time, I would also really like to see what happens, like throw them out there against UCLA, play them for 20, 25 minutes, whatever. And, just just learn just just see what he does what happens when he does have uh, a, a talent advantage and he has that touch can he just become dominant or do you basically see him put up the same stat line as he does against good teams because that's just what he is capable of that's his peak he, he isn't one of the guys who can just dominate and win you a game against a team like this um so that's disappointing but at the same time, you look at it, you likely have Evan Batty going up against, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Hill, right? Uh, Jalen Hill, uh, the the big guy, again, from California, like most of this roster. But uh, he's, he's their post presence. He's putting up 10 points a game with over seven rebounds. I uh, again, I, I I like Evan Batty in this matchup, but this is one of the key spots for me. Where if Colorado doesn't win tomorrow, or it's it's a tight game tomorrow, where I could see UCLA taking the advantage, like that's that's where they'll that's that's the matchup they can win and ride into a close game, just because you know with Evan. He's giving up an inch. We've seen that that typically isn't a problem. Sometimes when guys are even longer than that, it can be. Um, but, you know, Evan has been in foul trouble before. Uh, and when that happens, you have to you have to throw a, 
Lucas Seward, Tyler Bay, um, maybe Dallas Walton out there to try to stop the opposing big man. So that's one of the ways I could see this game going wrong. And, And again, that's how I see this game is that you're looking for what could potentially make this not a Buffs win uh, because Colorado is the more talented team. Uh, I don't think we've gotten a line on this game yet. Probably not. Probably not until later tonight. But, uh, I mean, Colorado is going to be a favorite. Yeah, no line yet. Um, Huh. Well... Is there anything else I want to say? I don't think there was much else I wanted to say. Uh, again, they were supposed to have a bunch of depth uh, at, at uh, the four, at the five, but with everything going on, you know, Sharif O'Neal transferring out, UCLA isn't all that scary. Um, Chris Smith, the I guess they list him as a guard. He's six foot nine though, so plays like more of a forward. Is not a huge threat from three um though that is a part of his game that he has been improving upon um before this Oregon game he he put up 15 points 17 points before that also had 16 against USC so so he can fill it up and and when he has had success it's typically typically been on nights when he's shot the ball pretty well like he, he isn't a a guy who's just chucking up a bunch of shots but if he gets hot then he can ride it um, decent rebounder as well. That's probably the Tyler Bay matchup would be my guess. Um, and then, uh, you know, might as well talk about the point guard as well. Uh, Tiger Campbell, a freshman. This is a young UCLA team with a new coach and you, you can tell, um, but he hasn't been much of a scoring threat. Um, put up 18, but that was against Cal State Fullerton. That's the last time he's been double figures. So, and what what's that? Three, six, like seven conference games. He hasn't put up double figures yet. Um, ha- has some pretty big assist numbers at times. Um, but that's kind of where he's at right now. Uh, and again, it's probably McKinley Wright lined up against him. And you feel pretty good about that matchup. So when you look at this UCLA team, you you see the 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 potential for them to upset CU mostly comes from their big men. Um, but again, if Evan Batty stays out of foul trouble, um, they don't give up a bunch of offensive boards, they don't turn the ball over, then they should be in pretty good shape. Um, the USC game on Saturday, which we'll talk about on Friday. That's a little bit different. That game will be tougher. Um, again, Colorado will have the upper hand. They're more experienced. They're they've been more successful this season. Um, but with that game being played in LA and this young talent kind of coming along a little bit faster than some of us expected at USC, that game could be a little bit scarier. Um, this trip really does start with just taking care of business against a 10 and 10 UCLA team. Um, all right. Uh, before we move along, 
I want to tell you about uh, Breckenridge Brewery. Like I said earlier, they're launching the new beer, the Mile High City beer, uh, which you guys can try tomorrow night at Stoney's Uptown with us if you want, or you can pick some up pretty much wherever you pick up your beer. Um, Breckenridge is a local business. They started here. They've grown here. Uh, they've given back so much to this community and they make really good beer and that's what's most important. So if you're looking for a new beer to try or, uh, if you're just somebody who has been drinking for a while, then keep it up. Keep buying Breckenridge beers. It's good stuff. It's not all that expensive for how good it is, um, compared to the other beers, you know, in that price range. Um, Definitely support them. Um, also, I want to tell you about the Colorado Raptors, uh, which I haven't done in like a week probably. Uh, if you haven't heard, we're now covering the Colorado Raptors, which is a pro rugby team here in Colorado. Uh, we have Colton Strickler on the beat, taking you behind the scenes with the DNVR Raptors podcast, as well as with his written Raptors content on thednvr.com. He's building a really cool community on the DNVR Raptors Twitter account, if you've ever wanted to get into rugby, this would probably be a pretty great way to start. For those who don't know, the Raptors play at Infinity Park in Glendale, just east of Cherry Creek. It's an awesome venue to go to. Adults get in for about 20 bucks, and uh, it's only $5 for kids. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that podcast. Give it a listen if you're interested in rugby or want to become interested in rugby. And... Start following Colorado's pro rugby team. They're a lot of fun to watch, and their season starts next week, maybe? Next week or the week after, I believe. Okay, um, back in now. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of the other games that are going on around the Pac-12 this week. And uh, I actually included these in a story I wrote yesterday, I think. Um, just like a recap of where all, where everybody is in the standings, um, the, the rankings, all that, um, and then what's coming up this week. Um, but I think that that's kind of interesting stuff to talk about, and so we're going to do that um, now. So, uh, obviously the Buffs games are what are most important to the Buffs, but now that we're getting close, I think after this weekend we'll be at the halfway point of Pac-12 season. Uh, it's it's kind of time to start paying attention a little more closely to what's going on around the rest of the league, uh, particularly with the teams that have um, some sort of impact on Colorado. So, um Right now, just to recap, uh, four teams get a bye in the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, right now, you have Oregon at six and two, Colorado at five and two, USC at five and two, and Stanford at four and two. So those are your top four. That's kind of the cutoff. Uh, behind Stanford, you have Cal, Arizona State, Arizona, all at three and three. Uh, first team out of the buys. Um, you know, we're we're all trying to like the. We, we want to see Colorado uh, get their regular season championship um, and get the number one seed, and that'd be great for a whole bunch of different reasons, but it is really important that no matter what, they stay in that top four. And for that reason, one of the three games that I really wanted to highlight uh, that is coming up this week is Oregon at Cal. Um, like I said, Oregon kind of stomped UCLA this weekend in Oregon, uh, but before that, Oregon had kind of been struggling. 
They went to double overtime in the game before that. Uh, they went to overtime the game before that. And I think they lost to Washington State the game before that. So that's not all that inspiring. Uh, I think Oregon... I think they've won four of their five overtime games this season. That's a whole lot of overtime. And those are a bunch of games that could have easily gone the other way. And, you know, I don't want to discount them for closing those games out and pulling out a win. But at the same time, it does seem like you should probably be two and three or three and two in those really close games. Uh, so, so maybe they got just a little bit lucky there, um, which is bad for the buffs. But they are a good basketball team, and it does seem like they're back on track. Uh, this Cal team, though, is going to put up a little more resistance, I would expect, than UCLA did. Especially because the game is in California, not in Oregon. Um, I'm not really sure where Oregon stands. I've watched most of those four games, these most recent four games. And like I said, they looked really good against UCLA. <sighs> Not so much in the other in the other games. Um, and that's kind of the question for the Ducks right now is, are they back on track? Are they what we all think that they can be? Or did they just play a team that wasn't capable of competing with them and that's why they ran away with that game? Uh, who knows? But we're about to find out. Um, Cal, on the other hand, is sitting at number five which means they're the first team outside of those buys. So, you know, if Cal loses, there's still a couple other teams at 3-3, three and three, Arizona State and Arizona, but it would be pretty big in terms of Colorado's odds of landing a top-four spot if Cal did drop this game. Um, you still want to see Cal win, though, because uh, Colorado's gunning for that top spot. Uh, Oregon is at 6-2 and two now. That put him at 6-3. and three. Meanwhile, if Colorado can pull in a win tomorrow night, uh, they would move to 6-3, and three, or 6-2, and two, which would put them a half game ahead of Oregon. And then you got the USC game coming up. This is a pretty big game. Um, hopefully, in terms of what's best for the Buffs, hopefully Cal pulls it out. But, uh, you know, I... I I could see the bright sides in Oregon winning, and you might have to. Uh, that'll be a fun one for sure. That's Thursday night at 7. So the Buffs play at 9. So you could catch most of that game before you flip it over. That'll be on the Pac-12 networks. Uh, I'm also highlighting the other Oregon game. Uh, on Saturday, the Ducks play at Stanford. And, you know, Stanford started the season hot. Uh, they were 4-0. They were on top of the Pac-12 but nobody really expected that. Um, since then, they've lost back-to-back games, and now they have a shot at Oregon. So this this will be kind of a a massive test, really, um, to see where Stanford really stands because you know they they play Oregon State on Thursday as well. Um, assuming they win that, then a loss to Oregon puts them at five and three. A win puts them at six and two um obviously that Oregon State State game isn't a lock but I I do think that this is going to be pretty important moving forward in terms of how 
the top kind of stacks up. Right now, Stanford is at number four, but with a couple of wins, they'd be right up there with Colorado again, and Colorado plays Stanford and plays Cal next week, which is another reason I wanted to highlight those since you're about to see those teams play the buffs uh, in Boulder. So those those are a couple games that I would definitely key in on. And then the other one is tomorrow night, uh, Utah at USC uh, for a couple of re- reasons. Obviously, USC will play Colorado on Saturday. It's always good. It's fun to know who you're playing. Um, get a chance to see them first. You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but USC right now sitting at third with a 5-2 and two record, the same as Colorado's it's going to be a pretty big game. Again, Colorado's the better team. USC's a little surprising at this point. Um, But we're kind of getting to the point in the season where if you're playing well, it's probably about time to just buy in and say that this is a decent basketball team. Uh, Utah, on the other hand, is 3-4. and Uh, Just beat both of the Washington teams last weekend, though. And those are a couple of pretty big wins. All of a sudden, they jump from one and four to three and four, and you know they look good. They're moving the ball well. They're crisp passing, working it inside and outside against Washington, beating that zone defense. Uh, USC is a bit of a different animal. Uh, younger, very athletic, um, sticky. It's it's that raw talent. Whereas Utah was able to break down a scheme last week, and uh, I kind of like them better in that role. Uh, now they just have to go toe-to-toe and beat a USC team, which is going to be a challenge, especially on the road. Um, Again, this is a pretty big game for Colorado uh, because if USC wins it, and assuming Colorado wins tomorrow, then they're both 6-2 and going into their game, which will be for second place at the moment, or maybe even first, depending on if Oregon has a rough night uh, on Saturday. So, So it is kind of a big time with these three and four teams usc and stanford um should see some separation uh those are really the games that i'm excited to watch that aren't just the buffs um obviously there's going to be a lot of other games going on as well but i i don't know we're 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 starting to get to the point in the season where we can be scoreboard watching seeing what's going on everywhere else uh I, I still do think that this is kind of a two-team race between six and two Oregon and five and two Colorado, but you know USC at five and two, Stanford at four and two. You never know; crazy things happen in college basketball, and they've been happening in the Pac-12 already this year. So, you just gotta take care of business. If you know Colorado is still totally in control of their own destiny, they win out; they're the number one seed. Um, lose a game and it's out of their hands you just you just want to give yourself as much leeway as possible and that's going to start for them tomorrow against cal uh a game that or no not against cal against uh ucla uh and i'm 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 excited to see that one uh before we get into the uh final segment of today's show i want to tell you about uh strava craft coffee Strava Craft is CBD enriched coffee that has really been changing lives. Uh, the reviews are incredible. Definitely check the reviews out. Uh, they'll they'll tell you about all of the different 
um, problems, ailments that people have used StravaCraft to treat. Uh, again, CBD-infused coffee, it's taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. Uh, if you can name it, CBD has probably helped somebody. Uh, CBD is all natural. It isn't psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We really could not recommend it more to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. So check it out for yourself today, and you can receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Okay, to close out today's show, which is going to be a little bit of a short one, um, since I have to get down to the studio for the awards tonight, and I have to like wear a jacket, like a nice jacket. Um which means taking a shower and probably going to the gym. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have time for the gym anymore. But uh, I do want to touch on some recruiting stuff because we're still in that time of year because every day is that time of year. Uh, February 5th, next Wednesday, is National Signing Day. There probably won't be too much going on with the buffs that day. Um, I've been hearing it's something like two or three signees on February 5th. So that's kind of the number to keep in mind going forward. Um, also should shout out Blake Street Tavern again because they are hosting the uh, the Buffs coaching staff on signing day. Uh, they're going to have the whole coaching staff there meeting people, talking about their, their signings, this class, the team in general, pretty much whatever you want to talk about, they're there to talk with you about it. Uh, it's going to be such a cool event. Hopefully, I'll see some of you guys there. I, I know a couple of you will be. Uh, I've already talked to you, but it's going to be a blast. Uh, Blake Street Tavern, the Buffs, just a classic combination. Uh, so yeah, that's going on. But a lot of the no's that we've been, or did I say no's? Well, a lot of the news that I've been saying or seeing is uh, about the future. You know, I actually did have a chance to uh, talk with Mel at the Buffs game. Which one was that? I just realized I haven't told you guys. But but yeah, it was it was this weekend. One of the games this weekend. I think it was the Washington game. Um, and I said, yeah, you know, Ashad's kind of stressing me out. And he said, yeah, welcome to my world. Uh so there we go. Uh, it's, it is stressful because we don't know what's happening with the shot. Again, most of the news is based on 2021 and there are some cool things developing. Uh, in particular, there's been a lot of in-state recruits, um, who have committed to Colorado. Um, Braylon Nelson, a big defensive lineman, a guy who I am really excited to see just, just based on the pictures alone. Like before you even try to get into the film, I mean, he's six, five, 300. Perfect. Um, I don't know. He's, he's going to be holding things down probably at tackle. I would expect, uh, just based on that body type, he's probably too big to be a guard. Um, but, Looking ahead, you know, they, they did bring in Jake Ray in this recruiting class out of Marietta, Georgia, who I think, I mean, he definitely projects as a future starting left tackle. This might be the starting right tackle uh, in Braylon Nelson, who could 
handle the other side. Um, again, it's all projection. Who knows what his body is going to look like a couple of years from now? Who knows? Maybe you switch him to defense, even though that'd be a pretty big surprise. Uh, you know, today they caught the commitment from Chase Penry, who I've been watching a lot of tape on. Uh, not a guy who is on my radar, actually. But he's another guy out of Cherry Creek, very close with uh, Carson Lee, as you'd expect. He has some footwork, and he's pretty fast, too. He, uh, I don't know, 6'1", uh, 190 pounds, I think, uh, but just incredibly productive at Cherry Creek. Uh, nearly 1,500 yards in his career so far. Obviously has another season to go. 18 touchdowns, 115 catches. He's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm so excited to see what he can do. Uh, because he does just look like a very versatile receiver. Uh, the route running is there. The footwork is there for run-after-the-catch type stuff. He's fast. He has good hands. Uh, what a win. I saw. I actually saw Silverbuff tweet today that Colorado has pulled three of uh, the top nine uh, recruits for, out of the state of Colorado for 2021 already. Uh I haven't like checked on that, but I trust him on that kind of thing, uh, which is which is a good sign. Uh, we've we've talked a lot about how hard it has been for Colorado to keep some of these guys. You know, they they lose uh, the running backs in particular um, get get mentioned a lot, and Max Borgie, Christian McCaffrey, uh, but there are plenty of other guys who they haven't been able to keep in Colorado which they should be able to and there are a lot of reasons for that and you know I've, I've, I've talked to uh, Matt McChesney about that I've talked to a bunch of the, the guys he trains a lot of the high schoolers he's trained about why they choose to go to you know this year McChesney has guys going to Michigan and going to Notre Dame and going to a bunch of big schools but also some schools that aren't that much bigger than Colorado uh, just because they like the fit better. Um, and essentially what it comes down to is winning. You have to have these kids grow up seeing Colorado as a contender. That's, that's how you pull guys that you shouldn't be able to get. Um, a lot of these guys, they should be able to get already. Um, I do think the in-state recruiting, <sighs> You know, it, it isn't as much about are you winning recently as national recruiting is. You know, Clemson all of a sudden is pulling all of these incredible top-tier recruits. And, I mean, if Colorado had that kind of rise all the way up to being a consistent college football playoff team, then sure, I guess they'd probably be able to pull Colorado guys too. But it, it seems to me that when it comes to in-state recruiting – you you have to sell these kids when they're eight years old, that they're going to games, that they're following the bus, that they want to be a buff. They grow up really wanting to be a buff. And that's how you keep them in Colorado instead of going to a Bama or a Clemson. Um, if if you can get some of that, then that's how you keep them from going to some of these like second tier schools, you know, the Michigans, the Notre Dames. Still still big schools, but not consistently competing for college football playoffs right now. If Colorado can make a run next year at a Pac-12 title, I think that that helps them a lot recruiting nationally or regionally, being able to say, hey, look what we're building, come in here. But to in-state recruits, they're still going to be thinking, 
in my lifetime, the Buffs have had two noteworthy seasons, maybe three noteworthy seasons. And and that whole history is a lot tougher to to overcome with these local guys who've who've been around it, who've been inside it for so long. Whereas you, you go out to California and say, hey, this is Mel Tucker. This is what Mel Tucker's building. Don't even think about Colorado. Think about Mel Tucker and you can sign him. I, I do think that there is this doubt uh, among Colorado sports fans regarding how good the Buffs can be as a football program. Um, I, th- I think that Buffs fans see that path. Um, but as you know, Andre Simone really likes to say, every team has a five or ten year period, something like that, in in their history that they're always trying to replicate. And for the Buffs, that was you know the late '80s all the way through, like maybe the early 2000s um, into 2000, 2001. And because that happened, we all say, "Hey, that's possible here. We can do it." But then if you look at essentially any other uh, FBS football team, they'll have that period, whether it's the 70s, whether it's the 2000s. You know, they they have this little piece that they think that they can replicate consistently. But if everybody did that, then nobody would actually be all that good. You know, there, there aren't, there isn't room for that many good football teams. Uh, all of a sudden, you'd have good football teams being pushed out of the top 25. Uh, it's just about trying to maintain it as often as, as you can, uh, you know, so Buffs fans say, Hey, we can do this. We, we can totally do it. And people who aren't Buffs fans that have been around here, especially people in my generation say, huh, I, it's going to take a lot to turn that around. You know, with Mel Tucker, I totally see it. And, and I do think that some more of these good days are coming. I, I do think that they can have a period that replicates their success in the nineties. Uh, the 80s, late 80s as well. Questions just kind of when and and until you do that consistently, I think people in my generation are just a little bit younger. These these high schoolers who are deciding where to go to college, they're still going to have that bit of negativity toward the buffs. And, you know, some of that is canceled out by sticking around in Colorado. That's a positive being close to family. Uh, they'll, they'll probably have friends there. They'll probably have friends playing there, you know. So there, there are these pros too that kind of balance things out. But uh, until you put together a sustained four or five years of being a Pac-12 contender, it's going to be tough. Uh, and so that's kind of what I see here. So the fact that Colorado is pulling in some of these big names uh, from Colorado. That makes me think that they might be just a little bit ahead of schedule in in regards to all of that kind of stuff, in regards to the in-state recruiting. Um, that hype, they have to sell uh, here, and I think that is harder to sell here than it is to outsiders who, who, you know, when they think of Colorado, they don't think, wow, these last 20 years have stunk. They think, oh, Colorado, I haven't really heard much about them. But it does look like they're building something I want to be a part of. They they just don't have those kind of negative thoughts about what this football program has been in recent history. I don't know. And I could be wrong. And if you think I'm wrong, tell me as always. But but that's kind of what I have seen. And I really do think that it is big for the buffs to be able to do what they're doing now. Um, So anything else I want to say about that? I don't think so. Uh watch watch the tape on these guys if you can 
uh, Chase Penry in particular, he has me convinced. Yeah, 6'1", 190, uh, obviously state championship at, uh, at Cherry Creek. I... I think that he is going to be uh, a big piece going forward. Um, yeah, let's 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 call it there. A little bit of a shorter show today. Uh, if you guys have any questions, any comments, throw them in the comment section on the post for today's show, and I'll get to all of those. I think on Friday. I think tomorrow is going to be a draft podcast day uh, with me, Andre Simone, and Andrew Mason. And then also on Friday, I'll have some of a conversation from uh, those two and me talking about Davion Taylor, talking about Steven Montez, LaVisca Chenault, and where those guys who are in the middle of deep evaluations of uh, NFL prospects see all of these guys stacking up uh, ahead of the draft in late April. Um, it'll be a good check-in, and we'll probably do this again closer to the draft as well. Till Friday, I will uh, I'll be thinking about you guys. Uh, see you then. Bye. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag yeah. is pushing 180. Speed and pad see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swag and it's the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes. I can tell that you afraid uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya Hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. Hey, hey. You on your own now Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle yeah. And we ain't playing with you You can get it anytime yeah. It started at the scrimmage We gon' win it at the line yeah. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring Throwing blows, knocking down team after I team they like my Colorado swag Cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really just how to act, and when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado sway. Have you ever seen a ram? Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. I think they like-
like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag.